Hi, this is Dr. Daniel Williams with the PTSD Academy podcast, episode number 40, Post-Traumatic Stress Without the Disorder. When disorder is left off of the PTSD terminology, it's usually because the symptoms haven't quite met the research requirements to make the diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD affects everyone at some point in their life, whether they're close enough to it or just watching the news. It makes it difficult to make it through a healthy long life and not be grieved or traumatized in some way. Some people prefer the post-traumatic stress label. Um, High-profile politicians have come out talking about that. There's a lot of push and movement for better recognitions of subdivisions, of categories of trauma. But, you know, from my perspective, the public is so far behind, uh, you know, where we're at with modern PTSD care at this moment in time. And academia and the clinicians executing this care are way so far behind in the science that's so relevant to their profession that in many cases they could be making it worse. (laughs) Uh, But I think that's why I've come directly to the people on a podcast, to speed that up so that the learning cycle and the adoption cycle is faster. So if you like PTSD Academy, for example, you'd be considered an early adopter, even though some of these concepts of energy medicine have already been around for decades, you wouldn't have known about it until recently, uh, just because of the advent of things like MurderTube. I mean, YouTube. Okay. Sorry, my little puppy's jumping up on my leg. I can put a picture of him in the show notes. So if you go to the website, you can see the little cute guy who just jumped on my leg and caused a little interruption. I'm going to leave this in. (laughs) I want to be as authentic as possible. But I gotta let my dogs out so that they don't play too much. Okay, bye puppies. There's a good argument for not labeling human responses to trauma in such a cold research way as outlined in the, in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, fifth edition. That's what we use to diagnose people with. In, the U.S., even though it's internationally being replaced with uh, other guidance like the ISO, the USO, the World Health Organization. Everyone's coming up with all kinds of alphabet soup and new diagnosis. But in the, they all have trauma in it. They all have a form of PTSD. It's just about billing codes at this point. But that's all research, you know. And the, the thing about research is, well, most of it's coming from the government and the government's creating most of the trauma. It's a bit of a conflict of interest. And anyone that's worked with, for example, VA data uh, in the PTSD research world, the real biostatisticians that can literally quote you every stat out there. I've met them, some of them, right? If you, uh, those type of people will tell you that, that most of the, the data uh, needs calculus to try to correct for the amount of junk that's in the VA data sets. And that has most of the volume of PTSD research, but not most of the volume of trauma healing research, which is something entirely different. My point is this. If you go through an evaluation for PTSD and you comes back and your doctor says, no, you don't have it, you probably missed the criteria about one or two things on the list. And and they made the list a lot longer. It's harder to get 
that diagnosis according to the checklist. And most of the time when you're dealing with the government, the people that review these and give the thumbs up or down to an approval rating and that such are often not medically trained and have to literally read the checklist one by one. So if your doc doesn't know how to play the game and pretty much copy-paste, then you're getting stamped no, even though you got it. And it's heartbreaking to see people that deserve things that don't don't get it because of a research criteria. So I'm here to tell you that PTSD, what I'm going to call PTSD, is not the research criteria. It's the real wound that actually happens to your spirit, to your body, to your mind, how that affects your emotions, how that affects your intimacy, trust, and sexuality for the rest of your life. I'm interested in that nodal point of trauma, and I know that it's unlike all that garbage research that's out there. Life is not about a single point of trauma. Most people have way more. We know that the ones that have what's called adverse childhood events, traumatic events of childhood, once you get over two or three, definitely in the five or ten category, uh, you're talking about permanent DNA changes in methylation. (laughs) You know, and that that starts in the womb, okay? And the epigenetics suggests uh, multi-generational things that could happen that are passed down, that you react and respond certain ways and are afraid of things for certain reasons that have nothing to do with your life experience, nothing to do with what you have seen, but maybe your maternal grandmother had a, you know, near-death experience of that type, and your... um you know, your mRNA suggests that, you know, your your DNA is passed down and switched in such a way. So there's multiple resources on this kind of thing. If you think that sounds crazy or I'm not connecting the dots together, it's because I'm not going to spend the time to connect the dots here. If you'll visit ptsdacademy.com on the right side, I'm going to leave up the continuing education links, best books, audio books, um, and documentaries. Pick your style. Uh, these people are way smarter than me. I'm just saying to the mental health professional that might be listening that we haven't been taught everything in our schools. And God love you for what you're doing. Let's start a burnout prevention group together. I'm serious. Uh, but you have to recognize that cognitive worksheets aren't all the answer. And neither is nutrition. And neither is, you know, yoga. But taken together, if you can balance physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, sexual health, that's when you start feeling like your old self and bring that sense of purpose and go do something big and make an impact again like you were made for and quit believing that you're a wounded animal. Okay? That's the message out there, that there's no hope. But uh, now we know how deep the conspiracies go and a lot of the fear and trauma and unrest and tragedies and crises are manipulated by billionaires and it's all created and people are literally making choices to hurt and kill people like we see it in the media every day and the media is also part of the problem so we need alternative media i'm plugged into at least 14 social media sites and so if you don't hear from me in a week i'm banned and you need to go to ptsdacademy.com And check out any of these others that won't ban me. Places like Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora. I've submitted to a lot of places. So there's no reason why you couldn't continue to find me, you know, if you needed to. Email lists work, too. I've got that on there. If you just want to stay updated of new materials.
So let's get back to this. Did you know that two weeks before that Diagnostic and Statistical Manual 5th edition came out, that the National Institute of Health pulled out of its research report for all the DSM categories. So their book, by the way, here's a conflict of interest. The American uh, Psychiatric Association is its own book publisher. So they're sort of in business to sell books. Isn't that interesting? Like not necessarily to make sure the research is right. <laughs> okay. Because I don't think they pay the people that do that. They're just sort of honored to have worked on the book, as far as I know. I could be wrong. I've heard a couple of them speak before, and I don't think that's where they made their money. They were just very involved with committees and giving with their time and really smart people doing the best that they can to operate under those constraints. But you know there's problems when the former head of the Food and Drug Administration about 15 years ago came out in a JAMA article that the FDA was no longer able to fulfill its mission to protect, to protect the public. It had, you know, you can read between the lines yourself. In my mind, it's uh, too much conflict of interest, and you can see that now. My gosh, we should have listened. Am I right? <laughs> so the reason that the government doesn't want to support this diagnosis list of PTSD symptoms is because it's got nothing to do with the neurophysiology, electrochemistry, energy medicine, you know, psychosocial stress, biomarkers in the body of inflammation or trying to locate something that might be unique to PTSD, right? That's, that's where they want to put their money. And so if the, the National Institutes of Health doesn't put stock in the DSM diagnosis for PTSD and what that research criteria is anymore. Why should you? Okay? Why should you? Because what really happened to you doesn't matter what a government researcher thinks, right? And what that really did to you in your life going downstream after the trauma and the other traumas, they're like dominoes. Every time there's a trauma, another branch spreads out of dominoes. And by the end of it, it's a little much if you don't learn how to make a channel to clear that energy. And and that is a rewiring of the brain if you want to use neuroscience terms. But I so invite you to listen to the audio book, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton, to learn about the biofield as well and the science that's kept out of the West. And I was a pre-med mentor, folks. I had a million podcast downloads and got three of my friends and a whole bunch of others into med school uh, that couldn't get in. So I've done a little mentorship. I, I know a little bit about these waters and what's being done out there. Isn't that right? Which brings me to moral injury. It does keep creeping in, doesn't it? When something's not right, like pieces of education, neuroscience, neurobiology, the biofield left out of Western education, and you graduate and you're all happy with your certificate on the wall like I was. And then you get out there and you start having your own psychosomatic reactions. And it turns out the body keeps the scorebook, wakes you up to realize, wait, they didn't teach me the right stuff for trauma and healing. It turns out all these chronic diseases, all the most mental health diagnoses in some way relate to energetic disturbance. And that research is just burgeoning and it's huge. It's deep vaults. I've been exposed to enough to um, to trust the verdict there and uh, check out the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton, the man who discovered 
stem cells in 1967. <clears throat> okay? So if we continue to make up symptoms lists that are not informed by neurobiology, then we'll never get ahead of it. So case in point is prolonged exposure <laughs> should not be a first-line treatment. Watch the Healing Field documentary, and you'll see what I mean. There's a link to that on ptsdacademy.com also. So that is why the topic of post-traumatic stress without the disorder is important as a topic in its own right. See, the neurobiology of the stress response is so-called normal in people with PTSD, and those that have PTSD is the functioning of the endocannabinoid receptor system. Okay, You cannot have a conversation about the normal range of trauma and stress and trying to, for many people, not call it a disorder, maybe most people not call it a disorder at all, even the coding, because that's doing damage to their thought process of what's happened to them. Our own systems make it worse, people. Come on. At least don't make them see it, you know, or rate it. But then as soon as you tell someone they have mild PTSD, <laughs> you have permanently made an enemy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a touchy subject. You can't judge other people's pain. You can't compare it. You know, I think for, here, here's an easy one. No warrior that's went and went on a deployment or fought for their country should ever have to prove to the country that sent them that going to the war hurt them on the inside. That's just morally reprehensible that any kind of effort needs to be done. The seeing what you saw and doing what you did didn't leave some kind of mark on the inside. Come on. Doesn't that sound like kindergarten wisdom? That's all that is needed here. And you can study quantum physics and come back to the same results. Bam. All right, get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. There. There's a couple more points I'm trying to get to. But I like this, and I want to help you, and I feel I feel connected again. I haven't podcasted in a while. So that's why this endocannabinoid receptor system, yes, I said cannabinoid, as in cannabis. We have inside of our system at least two proven proteins, and we think more of a network of subtypes just like the rest of it. There's active work being done. And these proteins look almost identical to THC in the marijuana plant that gets you mentally high, and CBD that makes your body's immune system uh, way more effective, lets you heal overnight from all kinds of stuff. <laughs> okay? All right? You can't have a conversation about post-traumatic stress without the disorder and not talk about the overarching homeostatic mechanism driver in the entire body for every system and every organ all orchestrated by an endocannabinoid system that looks like the cannabis plant proteins, okay? So that was not taught to me in medical school, even though THC was discovered by an Israeli professor, I believe is still alive, in 1969. He discovered THC, and then CBD came, I think, in 91. He discovered CBD, same lab. And um, thousands of medicinal properties. In fact, there is no other uh, agent, plant, or pharmaceutical or otherwise that ever has had more research done on its beneficial um, characteristics than cannabis in all history. Nothing has been reported on it more. 
So there's a lot that's been left out of our educational system. So I'm very open to research on uh, medical marijuana for PTSD. And I think way more sex therapy and how do you connect with intimacy again? Uh, you know, if you've been raped, for example, you know, and I'm sorry to just throw that out there because I typically don't, but I've got to say this, you know, it affects the intimacy going forward. And at the other side of that same coin is that if you could learn how to communicate your needs and control and feel safe and progress your sex life again with authenticity, fun, arousal, excitement, the whole package, right? <clears throat> Multiple orgasms even, okay? The whole package. If you could do that and fi figure a way through that, it would be your Mount Everest. It would be so healing and relieving and not just enjoyable from a physical sense, but a, a deeper need satisfaction on an energetic level. Much has been written about, you know, spiritual connection and sexuality. And I'm no expert on that, except to tell you it, it doesn't need to be left out. That's what we're not going to leave out here is anything in the realm of PTSD, whether it's causes or conditions or it sounds strange. <clears throat> you know, I grew up hearing a saying that if you told me to stand on my head in the corner, I'm so motivated to whatever, fill in the blank, stay sober, I would do it if, if you told me that. And it turns out with trauma, you could stand on your head in the corner. Please don't. But what if you did a fitness routine where you did upside-down push-ups while you're vertical against the wall with your feet up in the air, you see? Do push-ups like that. So that every time you have an energy you don't like and a traumatic memory, a flashback or whatever, and if you feel it stirred up, what all these great therapies have in common, folks, what we can boil it down to is that when the energy is stirred up, you need to do something different than you have done before to release it. That I can promise you. There's literally dozens of, uh, of therapeutic modalities coming to my mind that fit that simple description. And so why can't you take it and run with it? You don't have to listen to the biology belief. Just do something else. Do 10 push-ups in the corner. I mean, I, I still recommend the Emotion Code documentary because they use magnetics to swipe the central meridians down the spine. There's got to be something more to that. It's phenomenal uh, in its results. Watch the Emotion Code movie. I've got links to that on ptsdacademy.com as well. So that is a lot to say. In a podcast, isn't it? I've got an anxiety reduction course now, and that's where most, the most comprehensive explanation I have anywhere on my site for the endocannabinoid receptor system is. And it's based on Dr. Russo's work, R-U-S-S-O. I've got links there. And um, basically, if you have pain, insomnia, PTSD, and irritable bowel syndrome at the same time. He has a new name and it's been republished since the 80s. He calls it endocannabinoid receptor deficiency syndrome. That means those proteins in your body that look like the cannabis plant, the marijuana plant, or say hemp oil. I'm not encouraging you to go get high on marijuana, people. Uh, but try a hemp oil. I use a product called Zelise. My wife has extra stock. And I literally, if you want to join my website or come to an email, first come, first serve. If you join up under certain memberships, we're looking at 
just sending you some of this stuff. So you could try a few products like UltraCell is full spectrum hemp oil. And um, there's one for sleep called CBN, Charlie Bravo November. Instead of CBD oil, it's CBN. And I get that as well. Uh, and it is one of the 500 molecules that put you to sleep. It's pretty good. And there's one called ice for pain. I think 50% of the ingredients are turmeric. It's like all yellow. So if you just eat organic and vegetables and throw a dozen spices in, on your plate every day, you'll go a long way for helping to keep inflammation down. Um, and so clean up your diet, detox and sweat it out. Get your body moving physically and uh, see if you don't feel a little bit better. But you can't have a discussion of normal post-traumatic stress without talking about the endocannabinoid receptor system. So I've got some previous podcasts on that, too, if you'd like. I'll put some links in here so that you can find it on episode 40. You take care.